0: Welcome to How We Grow, an essential playbook to grow and scale your vacation rental business with advice and insights from the best in the biz with your host, Linnell Gordon. Welcome to How We Grow, the Vacation Rental Show. My guest today is Jody Rafasco, who is a friend and an amazing, amazing uh, giant in the industry. There's so many things that you've done. I'm going to start out with... President of the Vacation Rental Managers Association. I mean, you spent so many years—twenty years in there, Jody. That's crazy. It's a lot of time. <clears throat> I mean, that's that is. You also just recently won a, a prestigious award called the heist Award. Uh, tell me about that one. I mean, you just can't stop you from going. What is the award? You said you found out about it. How?
1: Oh, I was in the presentation. Like, so it's an annual Chamber of Commerce dinner. Um, it was not this year. It was last year. Um, and they, this award is given out by Martin Heiss. Now the Heiss family is the ones that, um, developed the WISP resort, the ski resort here locally. Oh, and okay. they've done a lot. So they're really, they were really big. And this is on behalf of his parents and it's given out to one entrepreneur, um, in the area and it's usually like people that have been i mean my my people i have looked up to for like years like in business locally so like like you talk about giants these are giants in my community so i never thought i would be like nominated let alone chosen for this award and it's not just me i'm sorry it's joe and Chad too Uh, sure, sure so like we're at dinner and you're all dressed up and my my parents came i didn't know why like mom wanted to come and I'm like, dad, why are you coming? I'm like, he never liked to do these things. And he he's never going to come and see people. I'm like, oh, that's fishy, but okay. Um, and I'm sitting there, we're listening. and Martin is like this amazing storyteller. And he starts spinning this story and I'm starting to listen. I'm going, he's talking about, and it's like talking about a trio, one, you know, brother and sister and husband and wife. And I'm like, listening, and I'm like, um, Joe, I think they're talking about like us. And he looks at me and I'm just shocked. Everybody at my table knew because there were people that nominated us. So everybody at our table knew. I did not, I had no idea. Chad, Chad wasn't even there. Chad was in St. John. Dad had Chad on a FaceTime. And and Chad is sitting there like, what is going on? So yeah, it's been it, it was crazy. It was um um it was a very big deal, a very huge award that was um given to us. And I Well congratulations. Yeah, I'm just, I'm
0: over the moon for you. I think that's pretty amazing. You also got like, if I recall, you got like this young entrepreneur award, like years like you know, like years ago you did that too. I mean, you've been you've been winning awards since you were very young
1: not just me i feel like it's you know i am part of a of a group like my my team has definitely supported us through the years but the young entrepreneur award was given out i think in 2010 so that was two years into tailor so tailor-made started um in 2008 and um t- i started with my, my my son who's 14 so he was born and i was working from the hospital bed like Joe had to take my laptop from me, but um, yeah, I was given it in 2010 and it was a massive award for me because again, I was brand new um, into owning a business. I wasn't brand new to the sector, of course. Um, so yeah, that was a pretty cool award to get as well.
0: So today we're going to talk about um, our theme for our episode is how to succeed at all places in your property management career from beginning to growing to ready to sell because you've done it all um, and I know you mentioned your parents uh, were working in the industry when you grew up. And let me ask you this advice for people who are looking to
1: begin this
0: today. Is it different beginning the the industry today than it was yeah. when you started?
1: Well, it was. So um, it, as, as it was different when my parents started, right? They didn't have the internet. They were working on uh, whiteboards to, reservations right the keys were not nothing was smart you had to like, and you had to take them off the pegboard right and then like if you like and I always came I'm like what if I came and like swiped your board mom like would you be lost they would have been I remember those days <laughs> especially if you took the key you had to make
0: sure that you left a key or you made another one because you couldn't take the only key
1: correct absolutely um so that so when we started made. Um, social media wasn't in fact, of course, the internet wasn't in fact, but social media was a big difference that was not around with my parents just a year earlier. So social media became a bigger deal. Um, Airbnb, VRBO, um, those were a no go. Like with dad, no go. You do not list on those sites. We built direct bookings. Um, you built a website. You did all, you, all different types of marketing tools. When we started TaylorMade, no one knew us. So we had to use Airbnb, VRBO. And I I don't think we used Airbnb right right, away. I think it was VRBO and some others at the same time building our website. Right? So when you talk about now, it's a no brainer, you should be using all the OTAs, right? You should be on all of them. But again, what is still the same is you should still have a great website. You should still be using different marketing tools and not investing all of your money into Airbnb, VRBO, bookings.com, Expedia. Those for us, Fill in the gaps, you need to have a good website, you need to have a good presence. Um, I feel like that's where you get your most loyal customers um, back, but it's you know, so that's one. And I get to ask this when I was at Burma, I always get to, it was asked those questions like, if you were to start today, like, what would you do? Right? So like, have a website, it's still important, right? Be you know, be responsive to your owners and your guests, like, be present. You know, some people are very complacent when it comes to those things. Still have great customer service. That None of that changed. But I think you have to be more nimble now. Like, you can't be set in your ways. Like, this is how we do business, and this is how our cancellation policy is, and this is how our processes are. you got to be more flexible, and all of us have a hard time with that, especially that have been in the industry for a while. So I know I have my hang-ups too, but, like, all of us have a hard time with that. Revenue management. It is a no brainer that you should be doing revenue management. That was not a thing when we started in 2008. I literally just did my rates myself, like as, but they never changed. They were set rates and they didn't change. And then I would do the rates for the next year, like in April and do them for the following year. Now you have to have revenue management. You need a good tool to help you um, work on, you know, dynamic pricing. And you have, real true dynamic pricing because you know on the OTAs like they're doing it um you can do um, like all some of the big guys out there are doing it so it's important to have revenue management under you know your phone um but you don't have to be like before like I was in deep creek of course and you started and I couldn't do a company because I wasn't hands-on I think now there's tools out there like I could have a company like thousands of miles away and still be able to run it with local boots on the ground there. I think there's difference with the technology we have now. Um, There's, you know, I still think you need property management software. That's been a question I've been asked. It's like something you think are no brainers. Of course. New people don't know that. What PMS do you guys use? Currently, I'm on track. Okay. Currently, I'm on track. And that was with the merger. They, they All their systems are on track. I have used almost... I feel like that's everything. Like we can go back to um, First Resort. Yes. First Resort, property Plus, Scabia, Streamline, and now Track. Everybody's like, so, you know, who likes to switch property management software said no one ever. No one ever. No one ever. And there's not one that's the best in the bomb. You, know, you just got to figure it out. Like like some of them are going to have different like um, attributes that are better than others. But there's no perfect management software out there. There just isn't,
0: there, and there won't be. There can't be because because everybody does business a little differently in different areas of the world, and so everybody needs a little something different, I guess.
1: Yeah, and and that's okay. And so you just you got to be able to stay on top of those things. So going to conferences like Verma and there's a slew of them out there that you get involved in talking to the vendors and seeing what other people have to provide. And it just if you're a small company and you have only a few homes. You still have there's software for you. Yes, you know you know there's Alacot software. There's software made for you. You just got to get out there and be asking the questions and interviewing different uh, vendors. But you know, I think there's a lot more offering now than there was before. The other one is um that's different is we always had keyless locks. So when we started, you did it when I was at my old company with mom, right? Right, we were getting into it, but still had keys and still had check-ins. I was that original key girl for my mom and dad. Like I had key packets and I had to stand at the front desk and say the same thing over and over again for like four hours. Yes. Um, <laughs> I got rid of As soon as we started TaylorMade, we're like keyless locks in all of our properties. Um, we are not, um, we're not doing check-ins.
0: No. Check-ins.
1: Get rid of that process. Um, and then what we started to do is the smart home technology roll in, right? Like the thermostats So that's new. So, And there's a lot of new things that we haven't tried yet that if you're just starting, it's a little bit easier to get into.
0: Let me ask you this about Keyless Entry. Um, Everyone was so afraid that with Keyless that you would lose touch with the guest. Do you remember that? That was the biggest argument against it. I just didn't happen.
1: So interesting. I'm the one, like when I started TaylorMade, I'm like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because the guests still can't get into the house unless you let them in. And the same thing would happen if they had a key, right? They're going to get to the house. The housekeeper's there. They're going to ask to get in. It's going to be the same thing. Their lock now doesn't activate till check-in. So they are not going to be able to get in unless the housekeeper lets them in, just like they would have done with the key. I had that conversation a million times.
0: But and you still have
1: it. I still have it. I don't no, do not think check bet check-in. you do. Yeah. I said, no, it's a waste of time. Now you should have lots of touch points between um, now and the rival. And you can do that with notifications and, you know, you could do all that stuff and you could have those touch points to give the communication of directions, um, things to bring activities going on. Like you, you still should have notifications arrival, that it's so it replaces the information you'd give them to them. Now the other one, I hear is you're not going to have that touch point with them in your office. Right. Well, I like to tell you since COVID, they don't want to come into your office. <laughs> no, I guess not. No, they don't. I mean, I'm like, I have a really cool cooler. I come and get it. <laughs> no, they're not coming into my office. So it has its good and badge, right? Because then you can't really judge who's going to go into your home, right? You don't get that face to face, like, hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go watch that house,
0: (laughs) right? And what about your touch points when they're there?
1: So you should have notifications. So first off, I learned this from my good friends at Finger Lakes back in the day, like in your house, you need branding. Yes. Because only the contract holder knows you really, right? But there's a lot of other people. So you need stuff in your house that says your company... It says a property name and you can go from like phone tags to magnets on the refrigerator to guest books to empty, all that kind of stuff. But you should have branding of some kind. Like we have signs, but not all of our houses because of the neighborhoods can have property signs, right? So you need to have branding. Um, we use a company that also like when you sign in on the internet, you um, it goes to a, a specific property page yes. for that property. Everyone, not just the contractor. Well, and you know what we've done because ever since COVID, you know, all your second homers came up and now they're here more often than they ever were before. And so it's not like you've had different issues with guests, it's that now your neighbors are there longer. Right. And so we've had like, we have to be better at communicating to our guests how to be a good neighbor. Like, I know you're on vacation and we all like to have a good time, but your neighbors don't need to hear about your good time at 12 o'clock at night. Right. So not everybody knows that there might be a noise ordinance, only the contract contractor.
0: Oh, that's true.
1: Everyone knows. And if you sign on the internet, everyone gets house rules. I love that. That's
0: a good idea. Yeah, there's
1: technology that's definitely helped. So you just, I mean, you try to be as efficient as you can, but technology has definitely helped. But technology does not replace, still doesn't replace the human touch in hospitality. And yeah, so, it never
0: will. Never will. We
1: can't. not and like you need people to answer telephones, they're empathetic to situations, and you need response time. You rate. could just
0: stop there. You need people to answer telephones. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, seriously, so many times I've called. I mean, I do a lot of vacation rentals myself as I travel. I like, I like that. And so many times, nobody
1: answers. The phone. Well, yeah, I could tell you a story, and I'm not going to mention where. Where I bought a house and wanted to put it on a vacation rental market, and they wouldn't return my call or my email, or I even walked into the office and they didn't even want to talk to me. They only want to talk to me after I purchased the property. Guess what? I'm not using them.
0: Oh, no, absolutely not. No. no.
1: So I wanted somebody, and then I met this other person and Joe and I went to interview him and he's like, I don't even know why I came because like we hit it off. Like, oh, nice. does my energy. Like she, she was awesome. Um, so anyway, it's important to be, it's being present. And that means on the phone or in person, by email, by text, whatever it is, you need to be present. Yeah, it, that's, it's hospitality. I mean, you want people to feel welcome. And I think sometimes some companies waver from that. And that's unfortunate. Well, I think
0: we, our biggest expense in business is always going to be people. doesn't matter what we do. So that's that maybe the reason that some people waver. But- Um, and you can get technology that actually will do a lot of the back end and the work part of it, but you can't find something that says hello in a nice kind way. So I agree with you. So the other questions I think that that we wanted to talk about today, you've done a great job of talking about guests, keeping your guests happy. Why, what, when do you say, okay, I think, Think it might be time to sell. How do you know? Are you looking at your P&L, your EBITDA, and you're saying, okay, you know, my EBITDA is at this particular place. I think I can get this X. Let's go ahead and sell. Or is it opportunity that comes up? Or is it because you're not tired? I know you're not. You were you excited. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you have three other businesses in the works. Uh, but tell me why. Well, what was about it that was time? Somebody made you a great offer? Or did you let people know you're interested or what?
1: It's, that's a hard conversation to have. So everybody, I think when I sold and was out, Amy Hynek posted, I think the whole world went upside down. I felt like, because like they all called, and it was like in one evening. And honestly, we sold, we posted, I was heading out of town to Key Largo. Like I'm like our key, Key West. I'm like, I'm out, but it's a hard question. So one, I have partners, right. And you have to respect partners. Was I ever ready to say, Hey, I'm done. No, no. mm -mm. I love what I do. I love hospitality. I love my staff. I love deep I love everything about it. But COVID was tough, right? Liability is hard. Risk is hard. And people that have not owned a company and understand that you lay everything on the line on a daily basis.
0: That's true. don't
1: really understand the background to that. And so it did lift a weight off us. I will tell you though, we had a couple offers and um Milo basically Ben told I worked with Ben Edwards. He told Milo, you better put an offer out there that Jody's not gonna bat an eye at. And um that's kinda how it started because I wasn't ready and it had yeah. to be something that was worth it for me. Right. And Chad and Joe, like they still don't get me wrong, they love what they do too. But I mean they it, we all handle stress differently we and, and all of that, like all of us do. I have been very fortunate in the last 14 years that I had both of them. Like people are like, how did you grow a company and, and raise kids? I mean, I have two children and I work constantly. And I was like, I had Chad and Joe. I had a balance. Not a lot of people can make it, like during COVID, do you know how many people I talked to off the fence? I can't tell. It was a daily conversation with some other rent, um, owner of a rental company. So they didn't lose it because there was so much going on. And it's, I was lucky that I had Chad and Joe to bounce these things off of, right? Not many people in this industry have partners.
0: No, and very capable partners. You have very capable people that are smart and also work very hard. So not a lot of people can say that either.
1: Right. And it's, and so it kind of all came together at one time that it made sense, I mean, last year, come on, we all had a unicorn year. All of us did, right? Yeah, kind of crazy. Like I feel like I didn't see, I didn't see daylight for like a year and a half. It was nuts. <laughs> I still feel um, that way, right? I do. Well, now I feel it differently. <laughs> it's just a change. But so it's, um, it's a hard, and I think this could be a whole. I could, I could talk hours upon like things that I've learned about selling things. I wish I didn't do things. I wish I did do. And you got to make a decision if you're going down that path, you know, it's, um, it was easier for Chad and Joe than it was for me. Um, and I still struggle with it because it's hard. Like when somebody finally tells you, no, you can't do something like, whoa, what do you mean? No, (laughs) (laughs) what, but yes, it's on my company, right? They can tell you no, and it's hard. And so a lot of people I've seen that sold, they, they, out they go, they left. I'm still here.
0: You know, I don't mind working for someone else, honestly. It's not a big deal for me uh, as long as there's collaboration. I think if someone just said no without... People have made really unwise decisions, I think. But, you know, hey, in the long run, it's what's good for the big company. And that, I think, is when people sell, I think before they sell, they need to understand that that is a part of it too, Jody. You know, they're looking at for the whole of the company, and that may not be what's best for you. It may be what's best for the team uh, and the whole company. But I think people that sell to large, large companies, like you have, and like people that sell to Picasa, I mean it's a it's a different mindset. It is. There's a lot of moving parts.
1: You gotta try to wrap your head around it sometimes because, like, you go from being like I'm mom and pop, even though I was a large mom and pop, I was still like locally owned, family ran. To a corporation it's definitely different and but, you know good bad or indifference it's it, it's what we did and it's where we are and i'm still at and happy and things are moving forward but have i slowed down everybody's like so did you take a break i'm like no i think he has me working more um but i i'm a busybody, so like am i still involved with verma yes i'm still the membership chair i still served in the ldc I still wasn't, you know, I'm involved in my in my like I was just at the Chamber of Commerce today for their board meeting. Like I'm still involved.
0: Tell people why it's important that they belong to their local chamber, their local travel tourism board. Why is that important?
1: Well, okay, well a couple things is one, you need to be involved with the businesses locally with you. They support you and you support them. They the chamber also like they do a lot of different marketing initiatives that you should be aware of and where, you know, you could also drive that conversation. Like for years, I was in the marketing committee going, uh, why are you advertising in a design magazine in Pittsburgh? That's not going to get you any traffic for vacation rentals and tourism in Garrett County. So, like, there's a lot of things that you can drive because you see it personally. Um, But it also keeps you connected, regulations, advocacy, restrictions, all of that, because they're going to support you. Um, We had a massive issue recently with our state fire marshal. And today when I went to the chamber, they were talking to me about how they're bringing in a lobbyist and they want to, you know, give us a, you know, it's probably going to go to legislation eventually, but like give us any wording that you need. Like they're supporting us because they know our industry is very important to the tourism locally. And so you need, you need, you need that, that mix, right? As a company and you're growing, you need the support of your local uh, chamber of commerce or tourism bureau. It's extremely important. We've been involved. I backed up a bit and had some of my staff do it when I was on the board for VRMA, cause I just couldn't juggle all of it and raise kids <laughs> and no, like, no,
0: oh. I understand. Okay.
1: I get that. No. And so, um, but it is so important. To, and then when you have regulations or restrictions that come down, you have a foot you, or a seat at the table. So like, uh, when there are increased taxes, like they came to us and we had like a legitimate conversation about like, well, you know, if you're going to change taxes, are you going to put the money back into tourism? Are you going to help support it? You know, um, but then you have a seat at the table, you have a conversation. They don't just skip over you um, and they, are, they listen. Like we're much, very much involved with our county commissioners. Uh, when COVID happened um, and we were shut down, we worked with the health department and the county commissioners and we educated them on what we were doing. Right. And they're like, oh my gosh, by hands down, once governor gives you the A-OK, we're going to support in opening you. Like you, you want to be involved because you, if you're not involved, you're not crafting the conversation. You're not, you're not able to like write that shit. You're not involved at all. So just get involved, raise your hand. Um, I'm, I'm going to be speaking at VRMA, um, on advocacy on how you can be an advocate for your own industry and your community. Um, but you just got to be involved and it takes some work.
0: Yeah and I I know I hear that uh, I hear that from a lot of property managers and and that's exactly why I think sometimes we neglect those things cuz we're so busy but um you can't go backward in that once once something is legislated or something is decided from those you you can't go back and say hey I disagree with that it's you need to be on the on the level there that you can help make change and guide it like you say Yeah that's
1: right cuz you're guiding the change that's and you're going to move forward I mean that's my dad, when they started doing regulations here in the 2006, dad helped craft it because they were going to make tougher regulations. And dad got involved. And they didn't know half the things that we already did that they thought they were making us do. We already did them. So be a part of that conversation and educate. Like I've gone to HOA meetings and educated. Like they, for some reason, sometimes neighbors think that you're just shoving people into homes so you can make more money. No, no, we're not going to. No, we don't want party groups. I got to clean it up. I was like, they'll tear my house, my houses apart. So they don't realize all the efforts you do behind the scenes. And sometimes they just need to be educated on it.
0: How We Grow has partnered with Rental Guardian to bring the vacation rentals market custom protection products built for the needs of the vacation rental industry. Enjoy complete protection for both your travelers and your owners via the industry's leading travel, damage, and liability protection products. Learn more about the travel tech industry's most advanced travel and damage protection platform and API at rentalguardian.com. Another thing to think about with HOAs, just recently came up with, with, actually with me personally, is the HOA managers, they're the ones pushing very hard for us to have regulations to take those short terminals out. I was like, excuse me, you're not a part of this community, What? I mean, I was really surprised, uh, and I don't, I don't quite understand that dynamic yet. I admit, but that was very interesting to me.
1: Well, I could tell you, I've seen it because they, they're the ones who have to deal with it, so they get the calls from the neighbors, and so they don't want to have the hassle, so they push for that. I've had it. I had it here. Had a lady who was putting like um, towing stickers on cars that shouldn't be towed. And she was harassing our staff. And like, I had another owner, th- he put a lawsuit, like cease and assist, like stop because she's, she was, and she was, she was, she was an HOA manager. She didn't live there. I know. Just, I'm she like, just she needed a hobby.
0: <laughs> I, I didn't think about it being more work for them. That didn't occur to me, but they you know, they're the ones that are recommending things to, the uh, the homeowners so yeah. there's you know we have to be involved in that I wanted to ask too so skill set so for people who are different levels let's talk about people who have their managers they're managing their homes and they have they wonder if they're doing it right the the easiest place to get education and information is going to be Firma right it really is I know people hate to go to conferences because it's and this is a big one but honestly it it really Provides the education that you need on different pieces.
1: And that's just not for new people. I mean, people that have been in this industry have to be educated on the changes that are happening around you. You can't sit blind to them. Um, so you're learning, if you stay, if you stop going for a couple of years, you will find yourself so far behind on the technology basis. And there's other ones like, so Burma right now in, in, in Los Angeles, I mean, there's gonna be like 2,500, 3,000 people. That's a lot. That but is a lot of people. A lot. Like when I spoke when I was president, I think we were at 2,200 and that was a lot. Um, and now bouncing back after COVID, that's massive. Wow. And so, but there are smaller ones. Like they have connects, like we're hosting our first annual one, Mid-Atlantic one, December 5th in Annapolis. Oh. But yeah, it's new. I didn't know we were doing that again. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I like those. Yeah. I, I, can drive. I like those. Like I can drive. I'm so excited. I can't drive anywhere. I have to fly everywhere. Oh, well, you're in deep creek. Yes, I know. So, but I mean, but there's other ones. There's a lot of them out there. Um, the data and revenue one with, with um, Amy Hino, there is VRHP does some. It's just, there's a lot.
0: I did want to say this before we go. You do homeowner acquisition like nobody else. You would like walk in and steal. I'm just telling you, if there's a house, it's yours. Um, They're located less than three hours from Baltimore, uh, Washington Metro, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, It's a four-season vacation destination. It's awesome. Hey, guys, it snows there in October, and (laughs) then it warms up. I've been there in October, and then it warms up, and they have the cool – if you want to go in October, they have these Halloween things (laughs) that I personally have been to that are, like, fun,
1: scary. But they're fun. They are scary. They're going tonight. I can't go. They're going tonight. Oh, yeah, that's we so have to much fun here in Deep Creek, and it's uh, it's co- what's it's all outdoors. It's like you're, It's a four You got skiing in the winter. You got boating in the summer. You it's got beautiful. hiking, mountain oh. biking. It's a great place to raise children. Like it's Deep Creek's. You know, I when we started coming here. We I lived outside of Baltimore, so we had a boat on the bay. So mom wanted the mountains, so dad had to sell the boat on the bay for the first house in the mountains, and then dad just got a smaller boat. And it, so it was like three and a half hours, um, because I was on the other side of Baltimore. But if you're coming from this side of Baltimore, DC is even closer, two and a half hours. Pittsburgh's two hours. Um, uh, so no, it's really close to a lot, and it's it's a it's a fun area, and I'm very lucky to live here and work it's here. Beautiful. And- I guess
0: there's good I mean they have great restaurants great local local little dives too I love I love your area I think it's beautiful um I still live in Aberdeen Maryland so yeah
1: that was. did we talk about that before Maybe I grew up in
0: Boston I didn't know that
1: yes Aberdeen was
0: down the road wow yeah I, my dad was a chaplain in the army and we were stationed in Aberdeen, Aberdeen. Grounds. that's where I lived yeah right before I, I went overseas yeah I love that area though. It's, it's got everything. It's got a little of everything, but I love the fall there. Your fall is just stunning.
1: It was last weekend. It was, we had our big number one festival, Autumn Glory. It was so pretty here. It was beautiful, like 60 degree weather and the trees were all popping. Then we got snow and like the trees are drop, The leaves are dropping.
0: The snow, it's really pretty in the snow too. I've seen it in the snow too. And it's really nice. And you guys, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful area. Okay. You have to tell me your homeowner story. Tell me, let, we're going to do a guest story. Then we're going to do a homeowner story. Tell me your funniest guest story. Cause I love the funny ones. The bad ones are always bad. So let's just do funny.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's bad, but it's funny. It's funny, bad. Like I, I, I sure we all can go over like crazy stories we've had. Like I had a guy that called and wanted to sue us because we needed to pay for his broken propeller because he hit a stump under the lake and we should have given him a map of all the things under the lake. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know where they, I don't think anyone knows where everything is. I mean, you should be watching your level, you know, or the, or the lake or like, yeah. Depthinder, and Finder so, maybe? that He took a picture of him standing on the stump and gave it to us. I'm like, tallest man walks on water. Sea Creek Lake. <laughs> so like, of course, that was our amusement and off. I mean, I could go on like a good story is I had a, a guest that stayed with us all the time and we even did a video testimonial and then he bought a house. Oh, our owners. I have a funny owner story. Um, it's not funny when you fire someone when you get to fire him twice. It's even funnier. So like I had to fire an owner because he just him and her like they just they were very nasty. Um, he would stay in the like, apartment above the garage. Between rentals and use the kitchen and then tell us we didn't clean because he was using the kitchen, and then he would walk behind my inspectors and my cleaners, and I'm like, I, I, we can't do this like you cannot do that It was never very, so we fired him. He went over to another rental company years later, I ended up buying so rental company, and I had to tell him I had to fire him again <laughs> best part best part. It was, it, was, it, was. It, it was pure satisfaction that was the best part um. But, you know, like when I talk about owners, uh, you, we always ask our owners to do testimonials. It's amazing what they will say about you. So if you guys out there have not done an owner testimonial and you could use it with your own phone, you don't have to have crazy equipment, just let them talk. And it's crazy what they'll say because they really want to promote you if they love you.
0: If they if, love you. Yes, of course. But
1: most of them do. At the end of the day, they're not with you otherwise, right? And so, um, to hear the stories about, I have owners that were with me when I was with my parents. So they literally did watch me grow up and like, they know my, my company is as old as my son. So they, they remember Brody in a car seat sitting next to me, uh, while I'm working and taking reservations. Like awesome. nine. So awesome. like, yeah. And then my employees, like it's. I couldn't, I'd be a miss not to mention them. Like I, my employees are are rock stars. I just went away with three of them. We went down and did a girl's trip at Bethany Beach with a, from Brooke Fouts, Fouts, let us stay at his house. Wow, I
0: love that area.
1: It was gorgeous. But yeah, I got to get away with them and spend time one-on-one. I mean, they've worked with it. I've worked with them for like 20 years. So like- So the
0: average length of your employees from what I've read is five years. That's just an average. That's crazy.
1: I had employees that watched me go through college. Like, wow. Yeah. So no, I, my employees are, are core of this company. They've, they've stuck with us through everything. I mean, it's, we're very, very lucky.
0: One of the things that I know personally that you excel at is owner acquisition. I know that you are great at that. I remember thinking about some of the stats about three years ago, three or four years ago, some of the stats that you were having when you were growing like exponentially. Tell me what, what do you feel? What can you tell other people about that to be, help them be more successful? Because you were like rocking it off the, off the charts.
1: Uh, Be original, be creative, um, be honest.
0: Be honest.
1: Be honest. Don't so many companies. And I know out there, you guys do it. (laughs) they, they, They increase their projections by a percentage and they should not. And I never did. So if I lose an owner, I usually gain them back later because my numbers were accurate. Um, I was always available to them, even on a weekend. Even when I had the kids, Joe would take the kids and I would run to meet them. Um, I always went out of my way. I always made sure they felt comfortable and welcome. And this is one of their probably like the first or second biggest investment of their lives.
0: Right, of course. Of
1: and course. they want to be comfortable with who they're putting this in their hands of, right? So I always was that but be creative. Like, um one of my favorite ones I did was fortune cookies. Now when you do food, you gotta make, make sure you like you mail prompto, right? Um so we did fortune cookies and then put like specific fortunes in each fortune fortune cookie. Um I've done It was so cute. Um, of course we've done postcards and I think I started the conversation postcards at Verma, I don't know, 10 years ago. And then we started doing postcards and I still think postcards do work. Uh, the best one I had was a magnet on it that worked really well. Um, but now you can use QR codes and stuff to like kind of gauge postcards because postcards are different than like an email where you can see if they opened it and stuff like that. Right. So just try to wait to capture it, but be original and be different. Uh, The, the word I used earlier today is be specific and be intentional. Like don't throw something together at the whim. Like it, you need to really think it through what you're offering. If you're offering, what's your niche, what makes you different? What makes you stand out? And then be able to back that up. Like be able to have that conversation with someone and you need to have someone that's really good with speaking with others. Um, now I've always done it myself and I now have a team that does it with me. Um, but I always was by my, you know, I always brought in literally every owner. Um, I think Chad got a few and he would tell you that too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or like they went to happy hour and met an owner and, <laughs> and they know those owners too. Like they'll tell me like, we got this one. I'm like, okay, you could do How do, do you, that you train all. your team? So I've had them go with me on uh, meetings. Um, I've had them sit in and listen to me talk to owners. Um, I put a lot of collateral together that can go out. Um, But my team has been, the team that works with me has been working with me for six to 20 years. So they know the culture of the company. They know what we can offer. They understand. They they understand it. And so owners just, they'll have a slew of questions. So like um, other things like, First of all, like you got to figure out how to make the phone ring. I haven't done an owner acquisition session in so long, and I should. You got to figure out how to make that phone ring. Once it rings, how do you make the sale? And then how do you follow up? Like I always talked about my drip campaigns. I had different personas for different owners, and I still do. And they all had different messaging because it depends on the different persona. To give you an example, you have an owner that's never rented before. Very green, right? The first investment property, they want to rent it. They've heard about Airbnb's and so you got to figure out how like how they understand what goes on you got to talk about everything and they really just care about management fee too like they don't understand the other things they should be asking yeah you're getting an owner from another rental company they know there's more to ask so they're going to know about fees what's your technical fees like what type of marketing where are you marketing what's pulling the number one reservations do you get company repeats so you have to give them different messaging right so that's very detailed on the maintenance side. They want to know about services. Um, so you have to learn how to, and once you figure that out, then you can get a drip campaign set up that will go out to the different personas. And it's like, cause all of us are busy, right? I wore so many hats. I couldn't keep reminding myself to call back an owner. So this did, this did it for you. And so, and you can do frequencies. There's all kinds of systems out there you can use now, but you could do it like a email that goes out right away. Three days, seven days, 10 days, 14 days, three months, nine months, have a breakup email saying, obviously you're not interested. Let us know in the future. If you want me to stop sending you emails, we (laughs) all hate those. Yeah. There's all those emails that just keep coming and you just like delete, like, Hey, it's okay. I'm good with that. So, um, there's a lot with owner acquisition. I do adore it. I love working with uh, people. Um, I love working with owners. I love to show them how like how they can maximize their revenue. So that's something that that kind of person needs to know is like, what works in your area? Uh, what kind of updates should they do? Do you have connections with furniture companies, decorators? You know, For a while, I feel like I was picking out paint color and all that stuff. I have no time for that. I love that, but I just don't have time for that. I need to work with people that have time for that. Um, So anyway, no, owner acquisition is, and it's very important to growth. When we sold our company, I think I was at 457 and we're sitting at 514 right now. And that was not even a year ago. And that's net positive. You got to think about that because you always will get the owners that leave or whatnot or sold their, their property. So, but no, owner acquisition, you need a really good person in there that's like, very dedicated and very involved, but you can craft all kinds of really cool messaging that will make you stand out from the crowd and what everybody else is getting.
0: That is enormous growth. That's mm-hmm. truly enormous growth. Good for you and good for, you know, good for your company. I'm just saying, obviously. So is there a, um, is there, give me, what advice would you give someone who wants to sell their company? They, they want to sell it.
1: They're ready to get out. Do your research every company out there offers something different um also prepare what your exit's going to be like right are you a hands-on owner or are you an owner that kind of has people running it for you which is easier to because you want to set up the company to be um to to, to keep going right To be it's a sure. so it's to succeed so there's things that you should put into play there but do your research i got a broker to help me I don't know how everybody else is, but I mean, there was things that I didn't, that went up way above my head, um, that are asked. And you talk about some of this stuff and you talk about EBITDA and all that, that was all new to me. I mean, I heard it, but I didn't understand what it meant for my company at the end of the day. And so do your research, talk to people, talk to people that companies have bought and ask them how it's going. Is there changes? Is there success stories? Um, But do your research. Don't be hasty. It's your baby. You don't want to, you don't want, you do want it to succeed beyond you. And so you didn't spend all your time and all your life, you know, work to like have it fail. So do your research. There's a lot of different companies out there and they offer different things. All of them. And I think it's, there's a lot of opportunity if you're looking to sell, there's a lot of people looking to buy. That's true. All of them are different. And so just research.
0: There you go. Well, is there anything else you want to say to anyone? No, I'm excited you invited me.
1: I'm so happy you
0: said yes. I mean, honestly, the success story that you have is remarkable. It really is. It's, wow. I, am, I am just, I'm never surprised to see what the next thing you do is because you succeeded everything you do, you do. And, and with being a mom and uh, and a wife, uh, and I know you're a good sister. I, I see your pictures on Facebook. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm very lucky because, like I said, you can't do this without a good sport team. And I had, of course, my brother, and my husband, but I also had my family, you know, and I have my employees. Like, we're lucky. Like, I, I've seen some, like, people were hurting for employees, and we're all hurting for employees, but we weren't as bad off as some other companies were. We just, we have our core, and we take care of it.
0: One of the other things I think that's unique, you do take care of your employees, but you also do things... um Like you don't care what the box says, especially like when it comes, and I'm just going to say this, when it comes to things like housekeeping and the way you run your housekeeping team, you don't care how anybody else does it. This is what works for you. You actually stagger in the winter. You stagger your housekeeping so that you don't have to clean it all in one day. And you don't, you keep a team year round. You don't have to hire all the seasonal help like everybody else does. You actually have a team and you have it set to where, you know exactly what you have to do.
1: Yeah, but we also offer services to non-renting homes, which is why we're able to do year-round. So like we're always cleaning those homes, right? It's not seasonal. So by, doing, by being smart in your area, you can do that too. Like in our area, it's not mostly rentals. It's mostly second homeowners that don't rent. And so you can have services. Your guy cleaning the hot tub is probably next door to a house and it's not costing you much more for him to walk next door and clean that too. Think in so out of the can, box. Yep. And you can, I mean, honestly, the way we started our company was with property services because that was immediate cash flow, right? Whereas rentals, like I can open my doors today, but that rental is not coming in for three months. Right. So that's not your cash for three months. So you need money to make that flow. So you've got to be smart on how to, what services you can offer. And that's what we did. And it helped out. And that's also, it's a, a feeder. It's a feeder to the, to the rental market because once they buy it, they're like coming up all the time. They're on a the ski team. Now the kids are like in wrestling and they can't come up years later. So now they're gonna put in the rental market. So it's a feeder market.
0: Just like the real estate sales. That too.
1: Yes. The services
0: in the real estate sales, they do feed. They feed both ways. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you soon.
1: I'll see you on the golf course. Yeah, I'll be selling raffle tickets. Buy the raffle tickets.
0: (laughs) We have so much fun at Verma. If you don't come to Verma, please come to Verma. There's just, there are relationships that you make with people that are in the know that will last you your whole career. It will.
1: And that's how it's been for me. And these people are with you thick and thin. Like you can ask them questions. When I started this industry, and I'll be honest, I was, um, I had, I could not go to my parents. They had a non non compete, non-device, non-solicit. People in this industry- (laughs) through Verma sent me word documents of all the procedures, contracts, policies, so that I could change it to fit Maryland and put my logo on it. Like there's not many industries that you would have people that would do that. And it's, it's, it's crazy that this industry and the members of Verma are so giving. And yes. people are like, Why do you give? I'm like, I got to give back because these people were amazing to help me start my company. So it's all about the networks. And these people are my lifelong friends.
0: So if you go to VRMA, if you have questions really about property management, you come to VRMA. There are so many people willing to help you. And if they don't know, they'll point you to the right direction. Uh, If you want to sell your company, we can tell you who you need to talk to, to broker the deal, people that we've seen been successful over the years. It's a great, great place. Thanks again, Jody. Big hugs to the family and say hi to everyone.
1: Thank you for having me. And I will.
0: This episode of How We Grow is brought to you by Rental Guardian. To find out more about how Rental Guardian can help grow your vacation rental business, visit rentalguardian.com. Make sure to search for How We Grow in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found and hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. On behalf of the team here at Inhabit, thanks for listening.